religion, politics, philosophy, and science. You will be challenged. You will question everything you thought you believed. Prepare to be. Hello, everybody out there, all four of you listening. <laughs> this week, well, we kind of missed Halloween. Uh, we've got kind of a spooky theme that Elias wanted to talk about this week, and we've missed it. It's already November, but this week, Elias wants to talk about Satanism. Is, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I, I just, we've talked about it a little bit before, just in personal conversations. Um. And it's, you know, it's an interesting topic, especially, you know, I always grew up um, hearing of a very kind of Hollywood style, uh, over fantasized version of Satanism. I mean, um, I, I think we kind of grew up on the tail end of like our parents maybe having been more directly affected by, you know, the satanic panic. Um, right that wasn't really going on as much when we were growing up. But you know, mm -hmm. I, I do remember, you know, a generation before us, we're still kind of, kind of, you know, in that world, um, whether they, you know, I don't know how much they still subscribe to it, but it was kind of more a part of their culture than ours. Yeah. And, um, it kind of, I think, I mean, you, your hand, it might've been a little different, but, uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of friends that were ultra, ultra fundamental, um, Christians and like, you know, would, they would be very, I, like, I know, I know Christian people that think the lion, the witch and the wardrobe and the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, um, are evil demonic writers, <laughs> When he's, Even though it's literally Christian. Yeah, he's one of the most popular Christian thinkers in the world. Um, uh, and it's it's silly. You know, Dungeons and Dragons, like, that was Evil, something. Pure Evil. Yeah, like, I, I always wanted to play, and a lot of my friend groups were too scared to, because they were raised <laughs> fundamentalist. and Scared of the Ouija boards. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But I, yeah, I I've been thinking about kind of some of the 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 philosophy behind it. Satanism. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I evil, right? Theory. Right. Obviously, it's it's got to be evil. Right? Well, you know, I did want to ask you, how did your Halloween go? Um, I mean, did it you was... did you sacrifice any goats with your well, obviously, satanic I mean, order, right? Uh, of course, you know, since I'm <laughs> atheist, I'm, I also, because of that, must worship Satan. So, you know, I, 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 I do that. I, I sacrifice goats and eat babies, but I mean, you know, uh, that's just a given, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I had a great Halloween. Um, we 
decided to kind of do a socially distanced Halloween and we threw our kids a, a Halloween party all to themselves. And they, um, you know, we had a bonfire and I got them a pinata and did a, like a scavenger hunt with them. And I mean, we, we had, we went hardcore on our Halloween and, <laughs> um, you know, and after that we put the kids to bed and we, Went out and danced around a fire naked, worshiping uh, the the planet. So I mean, that's that's what you do for Halloween, <laughs> right? If, if you're one of us evil Satanists, yeah. So well, and I'm not even that. I'm just, uh, I guess, uh, a very alternative kind of Christian. But that too <laughs> is demonic. Well, I mean, if, if you're not a fundamentalist Christian, then you're basically worshiping Satan, right? Yes. All it's okay. all demons, and it's all. Demon and Satan worship. So, all jokes aside, just just to get the shock factor out of the way here, in all seriousness, I went and I actually signed up, and I am now an official member of the Satanic Temple. So, you're talking to an official Satanist. Um, I'm on the email list, and I, I, can, I can follow what the group is doing. Um, and you know what? Uh, <sighs> In having learned a little bit, and I'm not any kind of an expert on Satanism, um, at least my impressions of at least the Satanic Temple, which I'm more familiar with than, um, you know, the Church of Satan, which has been around a, a bit longer, um, it doesn't look like a bad group. I, I'm pretty much agreeing with everything that I see, you know, as far as their their ideology and their philosophy on life. It's really hard to, to disagree with it. It's you not just, hard for me to disagree with like the Ten Commandments. There's some things that I have some problems with there, but the seven fundamental tenets of uh, uh, the Satanic Temple seem to be pretty good. I'm surprised there's not 666 of them. That would just be too hard to remember. Hey, they stole the the God, the Christian number. So good for them. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, so I, let's let's talk about these tenants since you um, you joined and um, you know you always see like I, I'm I would be interested to try to find some some documentaries or soon about the the uh, well, satanic temple let, and let's do this let's see if you can find something wrong or something that you disagree with ideologically. With their tenets, you know, yeah. the foundations of Satanism. Yeah. I, my argument is it's probably more Christian than evangelicalism. Ooh, and even though it's, <laughs> it's intentionally supposed to be the antithesis of Christianity, right? Right. But I, honestly, I think um, the Christianity that a lot of people have beef with um, is American evangelical or Western Christianity. Uh, you know, you don't see, uh, you might see some Satanists or atheists or apologists really attacking the Catholic Church. You might see them attacking, um, you know, this group or the other, but you don't see a lot of them going after, like, you know, um, Orthodox churches or a lot of it involves. Um, the connections of 
Christianity to power, political power, economic power, social power, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, the, you know, if Christianity could quit, if we, if we could get out of this idea of the Christian nation, um, Christianity would start changing in a lot of healthy ways. Because people, a lot of people who are um, very patriotic, uh, you know, if Christianity was stepped away from by the 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 conservative far right movement, uh, like I said, I think it would be really healthy because people who are Christians because they care about people um, would be the only Christians. <laughs> hope possibly hopefully but anyway let's let's go on with the tenants okay all right well so we'll start at the top here uh so the first tenant one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason totally i would i would totally agree with that and i think that that was what god wanted in the first place apparently that's what satan wants so um, no, no disagreement at all, huh? I, God and Satan might be one and the same, man. I mean, <laughs> they I, weren't in know. the Bible. Yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, since there's no contention well, there, I guess. Uh, well, let's let's dig into that a little more. Okay. So, repeat it. Re- what was the? Okay. So, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Okay, so it would totally be on the basis basis of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's here is reason. I don't have a problem with reason, um, but reason and ideal ideals aren't the same thing. There are things that I think are perfectly well and good i i that's the only part i can pick on is just reason question mark um because and i think that this is where i'm really getting at this was kind of my hypothesis in the first place with wanting to do that if you really really reason it out um i think and this is hard because I think if some people tried their best to reason it out, they would come to a fairly different conclusion because reason is based off your perception. So right. you, it, it can be it, a little it is, iffy. It is incorporating, you know, compassion and empathy. So you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to make a reasoned assessment utilizing, you know, a compassionate attitude and empathy for someone else's position to come to a reasonable position on, you know, how you should act. Yes, that's great. And, um, and this is this was my hypothesis. It was if you reason far enough in that thought, like if you took that statement uh-huh. and that ideal and you really reason it out, um, you you might, like I said, circle back around to meeting the like what I would consider a real Christian fundamental of 
you know, loving neighbor as yourself. Um, well, and or, even if I mean, if you're if you're being compassionate and empathizing, you might not even love your neighbor as yourself, but love your neighbor more. as they wish to be loved. Yeah, more or right. along the lines of, um, and that's that's an that's a good argument, right? Is love love um, on on my terms or on the beloved's terms? Right. And that's where so, the compassion and empathy come in. Yeah, and that's super important. It's kind of like you've got the the golden rule is is uh, you know treat others as you wish to be treated, and then you've got like the platinum rule is treat others as they wish to be treated. Right, kind and of the I next think, step up. I think that's a. I think that is the the real goal. Um, and I think you know the ideal of grace is ha- giving someone. Um, unmerited favor. And here's another way I would explain that. Giving someone respect before they've earned it. Um, Because, uh, you know, if you give, you need to give somebody, uh, don't, if you automatically make the worst assumption about uh, a person or a situation, it's almost always going to go bad. Right. You know, like if I walk into a room and just automatically assume the worst case scenario is going to happen, I'm probably not going to walk into the room. So Mm -hmm. I think that as long as empathy can be attached, I think that's a thing where. Um, that's definitely a humanist ideal, and I believe right. that Christianity is meant to be humanist. But here's the thing: I believe well, one in inerrancy. The inerrancy argument of the Bible is ridiculous. So the, well, the Bible let, let can't be you, perfect. Let me ask you this: um, Should we get into the Ten Commandments after we've gone through the fundamental tenets of uh, uh, the Satanic Temple? That might be have to be our part two. Okay. Because yeah, I'm sh- if if I keep going, we'll be here well, all we've night. Got, yeah, we've got six more. Let's see if right. we can get through the, so, the other six. Yeah, I, so, I'm totally I'm totally down with that. But it can't just be based out of reason. Uh, if did it say empathy and compassion in the in the? Yeah, it says one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. So it's in accordance with reason, but it's and it isn't even just towards humans. It's actually specific. It's actually more broad. It's towards all creatures. So, you know, this would actually even dictate how you treat your dog. Uh, I mean, totally. Well, I would argue, yeah. I, I would argue uh, a, a Judeo-Christian value. That's not been completely shat upon by theology would argue the same thing. Um, okay. But th- yeah, I'm all about that. And here's the thing I think that also um, lines up with kind of a lot of like indigenous people's values, like pagan, quote unquote. Yeah. First I mean, I Nation kind of values a, of I think it's kind of honoring an, almost the planet. Like, it, it's just kind of a like a human trait. This is something that we we you know we've we've evolved to do. That we're a social species, and and compassion and empathy are something that humans do possess. And 
I, you know, for the most part, we're pretty good at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I generally, you know, generally speaking, most people, you know, uh, aside from sociopaths, um, uh, tend to have some degree of, of empathy. Uh, and you know, that's just kind of how, how we understand each other's, uh, feelings and that's how we really make connections and socialize and form bonds. Yes. Um, so I, I just see this as kind of a, a normal human trait that we have. And it's something that, um, I think it's important to value because, uh, it, that's what brings humanity together. Great. Um, yeah, totally. Here's, here's the question though. And this is, this is my kind of devil's advocate view on this. We are already uh, de- advocating for the devil, so you might have to choose somebody else to advocate for. Ooh, I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I like to be, you know, um, Jesus a- friend uh, of I, I, the friend of the devil here. I, I love to kind of play around with um, the the dichotomies of things, hmm. but so your your assumption is that empathy is the evolutionary angle that has gotten us ahead perhaps what could it be empathy or it could could it be the reasonable power of deception um because I'm lost. if okay follow <laughs> me here because if religion is man made and religious practice and authority and power has been the kind of snowballing cog of humanity and conquest and and empire and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it be uh, my rationale takes me from saying, okay, so the smartest in the beginning of of our early evolutionary stages it's highly likely that the smartest were the ones creating religion and religion was a tool that they used to control a larger population you you know you can you can have small tribal groups that that can function without that without a mm-hmm. coercive manipulation control. Okay. But um you know, economic power begins to get and tribalism begin to develop in that. Mm-hmm. And I would say tribalism um there are good things and bad things out of that, but See, the I don't I don't even go know ahead. if if uh, I mean it uh, that's possible you know maybe you know maybe religion was contrived by you know power hungry um clever uh dictators that wanted to kind of rule society that that's a possibility um kind of my take is in just watching the propagation of religion you know how it how it uh continues itself to me it, it's almost an emergent almost the same way that, you know, uh, properties emerge within evolution, you know, just by natural selection. Mm-hmm. To me, it's almost like a property of, um, you know, society, uh, you know, something that, that 
the more successful versions of it are what propagate and the less successful versions don't. And the most successful ones are the ones that have grown to be, you know, as powerful as they are. And I see people continue that process without even necessarily always being directly aware of, you know, how manipulative some of the tactics that they use can be. Um, you know, for instance, you know, uh, doing charity work with the motivation of converting people to their religion. Um, yeah. To me, that that to, that to me looks predatory, but to them, they genuinely believe, you know, for themselves that uh, they're not only helping a person's physical needs, but they're mm -hmm. also meeting their, you know, eternal needs. And from their perspective, they personally genuinely believe that they're doing good. And what's more mm -hmm. effective than something that has somebody convinced that they're doing something that's good. So even if there isn't some evil um, intention behind religion to manipulate the masses, um, it it may still effectively do that without there you know necessarily being an intention behind it. Yes, uh, that's kind of my take. Yes, you you and you use that word emergence. Have you ever like looked at any kind of like? Have you ever heard of emergence theory? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Uh, look into that. We should we sh we should look into that for a future episode. But I think sure. the way I grasp the concept is, um, depending on, it's kind of like this metaphysics type thought uh, and uh, philosophical thought of like depending on um the physics of of a thing there's a bridge for instance and the bridge um you know people walk down it and the bridge and people you know people are going one direction and another person is going the other and this bridge begins to swing okay because of the momentum of the two oppositional forces crossing that bridge begins to swing and build momentum. And then eventually, I, and this is a real bridge. I, I need to look up all the stuff for it and, and I'll send it to you. But <laughs> over time, the bridge continues to gain more momentum. And so the bridge just continuously swings and, and it has become inanimate because it's self-propelling itself. You get what I'm saying? Like, and so this concept is a philosophical thought of maybe how God exists, the form of God, quote-unquote. We've built this idea that has outgrown the ability to control it. Okay, The idea of God is too big to control now. Uh, maybe. Uh, I I have a hard time believing it's going to go away. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, on a broader sense, you're probably right. Um, anecdotally, and kind of on a more personal level, mm -hmm. um, just kind of adopting a certain mindset and you know a certain level of skepticism and critical thinking skills to, in my opinion, necessarily leads to um, you know no longer being convinced of certain things you know i'm no longer convinced that you know magic is is real that people can you know literally float and you know uh cut people in half i, I 
my best understanding is that those are illusions. Um, I don't believe in, you know, spirits and it's, it's just a matter of, of a state of mind of, of having some degree of skepticism and, you know, some skills and the ability to think critically, um, that kind of can influence, you know, what you're convinced of. Mm -hmm. And I think on a broader sense, you know, you can have large scale, you know, cultures that, largely don't generally believe in uh gods i mean uh, japanese culture is is largely atheistic mm. as well as you know sweden's culture is primarily you know atheistic i think they're about reverse of us where they're about 80 percent non-religious where we're about 80 percent christian um right. so I, I think that that's possible and of course the things that they have that we don't are they're quite a bit more scientifically literate than we are mm-hmm. um, on average. But I, I think that that can just be a result of, of how you're trained to think. Yes. I would also argue they're philosophically superior. Okay. Like the, the, they, their ideals led them to this place. And now they're philosophically, like once you kind of give up the, um, the idea of God, right. You you're now philosophically open to way 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 more because right. well, we're kind of even starting to touch on some of these other uh, uh, tenets as we talk. So well, that's we great. Should... So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was going to try to bring us back around to that. Um, mm-hmm. oh, wow, where was I going with it? The we were talking about reason. We were talking about how uh, they're philosophically superior. I'm doing podcasts, buddy. <laughs> podcast means like a radio show. But hey, you need to go find your mom because I can't stop. Go get mom. Shut the door, please. Shut the door. <laughs> anyway um yeah dude they're they're phenomenal they're crazy and terrible sometimes but they are phenomenal um so yeah i love i love that first tenant right there are nuances there are nuances that i think they've done well to nuance it and if we could learn like that's the thing i think there's a lot i can learn from the philosophy of the satanic temple, right? Like it's yeah. a very humanist um, philosophy within it. Oh, so and, I'm very much about gone, They've gleaning. even gone beyond, you know, in their first tenet, they've gone beyond humans. Uh, you know, they might, if you follow that to its logical extreme, you know, you could maybe end up being a vegan. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they, they wish to, to strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures. So yeah, um, no, that's great. And I think, I think that that's, uh, that's something that we is absolutely necessary in the not so distant future, because we've got to start taking care of this planet. Um, I mean, they've already, a lot of people in science field are saying it's already too late. And if we don't just like meld with an AI, we're screwed, <laughs> you know, like, right. um, and that might be the case. I hope it's not, but it might be the case. So well, let's, let's, let's roll to that, next ten, that tenant. Yeah. 
we're we're like almost a half an hour into the first one. So at this rate, <laughs> like I said, this gotta... will probably have to be a two part, and then <laughs> and then maybe the Ten Commandments can be right another two parter. Oh, okay. So all right, number two. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Ooh, do that one again. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. So basically the idea that, you know, is that um, even if we have like a government and laws in place, Mm-hmm. We should always struggle for just or for justice, uh, even if we already have you know a legal system and you know a, a governing institution. Uh, and I guess the the thinking there is that you know those laws and institutions can be imperfect and they can uh, actually cause injustice. And so that the the thing that we strive for um, should be that we are always in pursuit of justice, uh, even if we don't you know, if our current laws and institutions don't reflect that. (laughs) Once again, I totally have to, I'm like pretty much completely in agreement to that. I'm a little bit more like, to me, that just sounds like um, doing what's right at all costs. Right. Right. And not just, not just go, well, that's legal. You can do it. You know, if something is unjust, then, you know, that's, that's what what your fight is, is motivated by. And I think that's a very anarchist ideal too, right? Like that's like, right. um, we uh, that goes. There might be rights that we all agree on as a society, but then there also needs to be that second. Like law is laws helpful, but law it, it needs to go beyond law. Is it right well, for I, me? Is it right for you? What's me, right for me not might be right for you. To me, the thinking there. Um, or that attitude to me says that, you know, you don't form your idea of what justice is based on the law, but you form the law Mm -hmm. based on justice. So, you know, you're constantly striving to improve, you know, laws and institutions in pursuit of, of, you know, uh, something that is more just for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I, again, uh, totally on board. I I can't disagree at all. I think that's a, a fantastic idea. Now let me see if I can attack, like get at it where it could get out of hand. Well, say somebody's just got a larger medulla oblongata, man, like a more active uh, uh, reptile brain or whatever. Like um, uh, uh, that person's going to naturally be more propensed to violence, right? They're going to be naturally more aggressive. Um, so somebody's brain physiology could affect their reasoning on those kinds of views. And um, another thing is, is that's, I I don't even know if that's an attainable idea. You know, like to me, it's like, there's way too many people that will not allow this to happen. Um, Because, you know, that one aggressive person um, hmm. Can I think of a person that gaslights and attaboys <laughs> hate groups right now? Um, can get a lot of people riled up and excited, well, and then has the power at, of a mob, right? But look at the societal response to that: is that people are rising up in favor of justice? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a battle and, for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, and there's there's always going to be you know a struggle um, for you know different people's idea of what justice is, but um, you know the the idea of of struggling for justice um, as a concept. Uh, you know, if you can nail down the definition of what justice truly is, um, I think that's that's a, a worthwhile pursuit. Yeah. No. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think we need to live in a society where uh, bad people got to fake it. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, Forget freedom. Forget liberty. I think I want to live in a society where bad people have to fake being good. Uh, I don't care if people have problems with that. Bad people should be treated like bad people when they do bad things. Like, and I don't say, I'm not saying let's bully or hurt people. I'm saying, um, like we all have, we all have, you know, a, a social contract it's, that it we have should to, not be uh, socially, uh, acceptable. Like if and, you see somebody being a jackass in public, like literally everybody needs to walk away and ignore the jackass. I think that might come down to, you know, exile what, that person, shun well, what your definition of good or bad is. Um, mm-hmm. I think kind of at its, its essence, kind of the, you know, the, the idea that, that we tried to form in America was that, you know, you've got certain freedoms. You can have, you know, mean opinions if you want. That's fine. You have the right to those. But um, to the extent that your actions actually affect other people, that's where you no longer have the right to them. And I think that that's kind of where we draw the line for, you know, what we consider justice um you know you you mm. have the right to be wrong but you know the right your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose you can't mm. affect other people negatively with your actions and that's that's kind of what we've come to agree is you know uh our concept of justice and if you violate that then you know there are consequences if you can't mm-hmm. stop harming people then you lose your freedom to do that um we, yeah we put you you know somewhere where you can no longer do that anymore um, but I, I think that that's, uh, th- there's not a lot to really attack in that. Uh, I think they've been, I, and, I, I think that's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. And I think that the number one kind of safeguards number two, right? Like it's, if, if people, um, like we can put those people, uh, in an exiled or, um, kind of. Uh, uh, shunned environment from the rest of society. There has to be something where they kind of have to be kind of pulled out of that. If if they're harmful, they need to be pulled away from a s- society. But the rule is we have to do it in a sympathetic, compassionate, empathetic way. That's true. We're going back to uh, the first tenet of yes, acting in, and that's in what I'm saying. Compassion. That's it's right. a safeguard. You know Which, that. The the yeah. first tenant is literally wow. uh, those, those tie into each other really well. Yeah. It's very well. That's very well thought out. And, and yeah, I uh, mean, with that I'm all attitude, about it. you you don't just punish people, you know, by putting them in prison and you know letting them rot there. If you're actually trying to be compassionate and empathetic, then you're going to mm-hmm. try and rehabilitate that person to you know, be able to function in society and, and, you know, have another chance at being a good, productive and happy person. Yes. And uh, to me, that's uh, so far, 
Uh, I didn't even pick that up when I read those two, but uh, you're right. The first ties into the second very well. Um, that's very well thought out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, man, the, all the garbage that we're talking about, like that people do based on this kind of stuff, uh, it, these two tenets just they make me think of unconditional love. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to give you first Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it goes on and on about the things that love can be defined as, and they're good, valuable things. It's one of the more commendable parts of the Bible. It was the part of the Bible that inspired me to be a Christian. I was looking for something to, that would give me a th- uh, uh, a philosophical way to look at love. That I mean, as long, as long as you don't take that to you know some kind of a toxic, harmful you know uh, yeah. I, I'm required to love the you know my abuser kind of a mentality. Yeah, and um, that's <laughs> that's some that's kind of where there needs to be some nuances put in place. Right. And um, in a perfect world where everybody loves, you know, that doesn't happen. But that's when we have to add, like, discerning factors. And people do that all the time with the Bible. They'll take it and they will use that to tell you to love your abuser. And that's so jacked the hell up. that's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so— and you can't have and that's that's the argument right you cannot have love without justice right and that's the problem with the freaking christian church love is not caring for people and doing the right thing love is telling people they're wrong Right. That's what the evangelical church does is you can, and they say, well, you can't have love without truth. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but what's truth? The truth is the way if, if you want Christian truth, the truth is the way that Jesus lived. Okay. I mean, to, to me, if you're going to call something true, it needs to be demonstrably true. Uh, if you can't demonstrate something's actually uh-huh. true, then have a hard time with exactly. you know, accepting your your definition there. Yeah, justice. How do you right. how do you show love through acting justly for doing the right, right thing? Uh, first <laughs> you know like <laughs> the the benefit of the doubt kind of thing we were talking about where giving somebody respect giving somebody grace unmerited favor Ooh, preemptively this, so let's do three next, next one's pretty good mm. um so number three one's body is inviolable subject to one's own will or i'm sorry subject to one's own will alone so they're saying that you you cannot violate somebody's body because what happens to their body is purely you know um they have the the right to dictate that nobody else does i understand i definitely understand where they're going with that i think and i think that's good right um it's very there are so many like Nuances, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm for that. 
But that is seems like the least nuanced one I've um, seen. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty basic fundamental yeah. concept. It's just uh, you know you you don't have the right to like you know have sex with somebody without their mm-hmm. consent, and that's that, what the that point violates is. Their, right. The but um, the the way that could be maybe taken out of context is well I'm not uh, uh, if if some like um is if somebody um maybe is harming themselves uh, and do I have the right to step in and keep them from harming them oneself. That's kind of the thing where. Well, it, they they did use the word inviolable. So basically the mm-hmm. idea of violating their body. So if you're not violating a person's body, um, then that might be different because what they're specifically referring to is, you know, the body being inviolable. So, you know, where rape would be a violation of their, their bodily autonomy, where, you know, maybe saving them from suicide is actually, you know, the, the antithesis of that. Um, you're not violating somebody's body by saving it. Um, that's an act of compassion. Uh, Hmm. And you know, I, when you go back to the, the first, <laughs> if you go back to the first tenant again, you know, if if we were to you know take that to maybe you have something to fall like on the other two tenants, if yeah, if you're going to go to something like somebody's right to die, you know, if they, um, you know, if they're suffering a medical disease and you know they they wish to just die because they don't want to endure it and they're they're inevitably going to die anyway, so that's where we go back to um, acting and you know acting with compassion and empathy. Um, in accordance with reason. So if their position mm-hmm. is well reasoned out and, you know, they've got a a rational um, wish to end their life or something that would be a violation, they do alone possess that right to make that determination. Right. Yeah. And the compassionate thing to do would be to grant that. Um, so yeah, that they're, again, it is falling back on the others. They're, they're somewhat cohesive like that. Um, but to me, that, that kind of does rule out um, you know, if, if you're, if somebody's harming themselves, maybe they're not in a reasonable, uh, state of mind, you know, if, if they have a, a psychological, uh, impairment that's causing them to self-harm, you know, the, the compassionate thing to do is to, is to help them with that. Uh, and I actually personally know somebody who was physically taken and forced to go into a clinic. Um, he was self-harming and his friends forced him and, uh, after the fact, he was immensely grateful. Um, he said that he absolutely didn't want it at the time, and he really appreciates that his friends did that for him mm-hmm. uh, because he was in a, a really bad state of mind when he was he was suicidal. Um, so, I, I mean, to me, that that inviolable um, specificity there, where you know they're talking about not violating somebody's body, uh, makes it a pretty sound, basic idea. Yeah, well, that's kind of like, is it a crime to commit suicide? You know, like... I wouldn't say that should be a crime. <laughs> um, I mean, it's your own well, life. You're not harming yeah, another person. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a very extreme way for me to say that, but it's kind of right. like, if somebody wishes to commit suicide, is it proper I, I, for me to assist them? 
I think that the, <laughs> assisted the reason, suicide's a big topic right now. Actually, I think the the reasonable position there is is the assumption that if somebody wants to commit suicide, then they aren't thinking rationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can come to the conclusion that they are thinking rationally, for instance, you know, somebody who's dying of cancer and is miserable, and they're just going to suffer for weeks until they die. You know, it would be in that instance a rational position to just want to die you know, peacefully, as opposed to going through that, that horrible experience, um, as opposed to somebody who's, you know, dealing with depression and, um, you know, they're, they're dealing with emotions that aren't rational and and they're suicidal. Um, the assumption there is that they're not thinking rationally, that it's not a reasonable position for them to die, uh, that there's a problem that needs to be resolved so that they don't come to that conclusion. So I think that's the difference. That's great. I think you totally hit the nail on the head with that. (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's on, that's on point yeah right so, so so far three three good ones um i'm i'm it. pretty happy about my decision <laughs> to become a satanist so um let's see how we do with number four um all right number four is the freedoms of others should be respected including the freedom to offend to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own will mm. I'm sorry, is to encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Okay, so yeah, you're, uh, let me read that one more time because I, I kind of fumbled it. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. So that's kind of like we were talking about a minute ago. You You can have your opinions, they can be mean. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not harming people, um, you have the right to, and you, I mean, inevitably you'll say something that will offend somebody. Uh, people are offended by all sorts of things, even really good things. You know, even saying something that you would think would be non-controversial will offend somebody. And I think we do have mm-hmm. the right to challenge people's positions and to, um, and to express things that might offend people. It's the effect of our actions that would be restricted so you can't actively harm people but you can you can certainly offend them Mm -hmm. well this is a good this is like we will probably be on this one for the rest of the episode Uh um (laughs) should should we maybe like run through the rest of them and then circle back um hmm or, or no, not. I, I mean, really. Can, I, let's can, just dig, split it up. Let's just dig into this one, man. All right, let's, let's go dig for it. in. This one's fascinating to me, um, and I'm so, sure, it, and I'm sure this one has the ladder effect, where mm-hmm. we're we're kind of stepping up this ladder, and there are always rungs to fall back on, mm-hmm. because. This is a big topic right now. We're we're basically talking about f- free speech, right? Um, I mean, if you look at societies that are very, you know, in in our view, they're you know very repressive and regressive cultures. Uh, you know, they have like blasphemy laws where um, we're kind of the opposite, where we we highly value the right to express any any opinion you know regardless of what that opinion is you have the right to express it right and this is the 
any of these fundamentals um, without the others is horribly flawed. You get what I'm saying? Like, because without the others, this is what happens to this. And this is what we have in America right now. I have the right to say anything and everything I want. Right. Even if it incites violence. Even if it um, incites hatred. Even if it exalts arrogance. I have the right to say what I want. Even if it spreads disinformation. Even if it lies. I have the right to say what I want. I disagree. I disagree. Mm. And I disagree as a Christian. Because fundamentally, if you believe in the Bible, you should believe that the first sin is pride. The highest sin is pride. Okay, and this has always been my argument. This was always my apologetic against Satanism up until now, because I, I've always been oppositional to it until now. Um, Satanism is a selfish religion. <laughs> That's a very shallow way to look at it. Um, but that, to me, when I was a fundamentalist Christian, that was the appropriate way to look at it. To not, mm-hmm. to not romanticize it and Hollywood it, but call it what it is, pride. And that's why I would always tell people that I was um, preaching the gospel to was um, there are plenty of Satanists in the Christian church. Plenty. There are people that are just, they worship themselves and their freedoms and their rights Above which is, others, which is really funny because these tenants are the antithesis of that. Yes, and that's <laughs> the thing. I would say that kind of way of living, I would call that. I wouldn't call it satanic now. I would call it antichrist. But this also, I I have to nuance this a little. I have to talk about this in a kind of nuanced way, I guess. A little bit because it's anti-Christian in the context of I believe that Satanists um, are doing some of God's will on Earth. Like I think <laughs> I think they're trying to attain heaven on Earth in a sense, um, a place where we can live in a peaceful society. I think that's what we're trying to get at here—a well, humanist value. Let's yeah. let's also be right. kind of careful because this tenant didn't mention free speech. It's it mentioned um, the Offense. rights of people to offend or the freedom to offend, which doesn't mean that you can say anything you want. It just means that you have the freedom to offend people. That doesn't mean you know, that that wouldn't necessarily yeah. include inciting violence. Um, saying something that's offensive is different than saying something that you know. Uh, calls to a violent action right yeah inciting violence um that would actually be beyond just offending people it's it's an extension past that so this tenant isn't necessarily defending that it's just defending 
the freedom to offend. Yes. I, I, um, I think this has kind of been like, uh, I don't know if you've looked any further into Jordan Peterson, but I think this is kind of the whole point of what Jordan Peterson was kind of saying. I don't know if it was his intention. Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson got in trouble, I don't know how many years back. He got fired from University of Toronto um, mm-hmm. for uh, um, basically coming against the the forced pronoun um, law. Mm-hmm. There was like a law coming in where if you called a person by the wrong pronouns, and I'm sure there's a lot more nuance to the law than this. Right. Uh, I'm sure this is a very skewed view because it's skewed to his advantage. And I, I like a lot of what Jordan Peterson has to say, but I don't trust the dude to a pile of beans. I don't, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I don't, he's either got some really good intentions or some mm-hmm. really, really bad intentions with what he's trying to do right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, because the dude just won't lay all his cards down with his, <laughs> his philosophical beliefs. <clears throat> so therefore um like if i call somebody the wrong pronoun pronoun on accident this is this law saying that i i have the right to offend you if i well, do it but, on accident but like is that the protection like you said, if you take into account the other tenants, if you're acting mm-hmm. compassionately and with empathy, they you're not going to in- each other. right. You're not going to intentionally say something to harm somebody, but you might say something that offends them. So, like to me, what this really, um, what kind of screams out to me about this uh, with the way that the the satanic temple behaves is. For instance, you know, they're putting up satanic statues on public property. Their whole purpose in doing that was to point out the problem with government endorsing a religion by placing, you know, an endorsement of a religion on public property that's supposed to represent everybody. And so if you're representing a religion, that is not acceptable to everybody who doesn't fall under that religion because it doesn't represent them. And so what they've done is they have adopted the most offensive figure in Christianity as their symbol, Satan. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's if you're going to represent one religion, you have to represent all of them or else you're a government that's favoring a particular religion. And that's that's specifically against the law in America. Mm. Um, and so their whole point with that was to provoke, you know, people who wanted uh, U.S. government to endorse Christianity by showing them how offensive it is to other people that don't follow your religion, you know, what it's like for your government to represent something that offends you. And so that's what they've done. And they've yes. made their point. And they've done it to intentionally offend them to make the point that that's not okay. And they've done it with the motivation of trying to make everything fair for everybody because their end goal wasn't to get a satanic statue up. It was to get, you know, um, religion or to get government to not represent one uh, or endorse one religion over another. Um, because then look what happens when you, when government starts endorsing religion, you get satanic statues and, you know, the, the public square and that's intentionally offensive. So if you want to avoid that, 
you don't do it at all. Um, and I think that was kind of their intention with that was, you know, you have the freedom to offend because that's how you challenge ideas is you necessarily sometimes have to offend people. And they're doing it with a motivation of compassion. I mean, you know, they're they're not doing it because they hate um, necessarily they hate a group of people. They're doing it in defense of other people who aren't being fairly represented by that. Um, mm. You know, the whole motivation there is compassionate towards non-Christians who, you know, also participate in society. They pay taxes, they vote, they elect officials, and then those officials turn around and endorse something that they don't agree with. Um, mm. So, I mean, to me, you really can't, you have to have the right to offend people. Um, otherwise, ideas will never be challenged. Um, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't have the freedom to yeah. potentially offend people because some of the things that we say will provoke you, they will challenge you, they'll offend you with the intention of getting you to think critically about the ideas that you have. Um, so I'm I'm very much in favor of, of uh, tenant number four. I think that it's, it's, uh, it's necessary for, um, you know, a society to function with, more than one ideology, um, because not everybody's going to, even if you just had everybody in the United States as Christian, how many different brands of Christianity would be fighting with each other? Because they're not all on the same page. You have to have the ability to challenge each other, and that's going to inevitably offend people. But we have that right to do that, and I think that it's actually a healthy thing to do. Yeah, that's, that's so well said, man. Um uh, it, it, to me, it's like I, the way I look at that, and I have a, I have like a, an a apology to it to a degree. Uh, but before I go into that, um, the uh, I totally lost my train of thought, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did I throw you off? No, it was just there was a lot there, and I can't hold on to it all. Um, yeah, the Sorry. power of offending. We we're talking on. about the no. It was so good right. though. The power of offending. Um, it's kind of like laws are okay, but we need to have the ability and power to transcend that. Right. You have to challenge things. You like th the forum has to stay open, and the only way right. the forum can stay open is. Uh, okay, that's the thing. That's the problem. We we exist in a hierarchical government. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you've got the president at the top, and the you know, and and you go down the chain down to the level of city government, right? And it's a hierarchical system. We but need to talk what, about that sometime. By the way, uh, hierarchical. Uh, ideology versus egalitarian ideology. Oh, yeah. That'll be a fun fun political subject that we should talk about. Um I I think that okay, <laughs> I want to Oh, you teased me with that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cuz this this ideology Let so far is falling very on the left side of that spectrum towards anarchy almost. Like mm -hmm. you said. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that's a beautiful uh, I'm not saying that um, people should be totally um, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't have laws. 
Right. Uh, but just that they should be the government know. should not be hierarchical. Like I, everybody needs to get um, like a cap pay. And, you know, the government needs to be changing constantly. <laughs> well, you, and that's that's where you get, you know, you get democracy where, you know, government isn't just a dictatorship where it's elected. Uh, but then if it's purely democratic, then you get, you know, uh, the oppression by the masses of, of the uh, the minorities. So then you also have to have some basic tenets of of fairness and uh, basic yeah. fundamental rights. And so that's where you get a republic, a democratic republic. That's kind of how we've started this country was on that ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're starting to, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking us off track. <laughs> Ooh, no, it's so good. And we'll jump back into that hierarchy and we should talk about it. The governmental hierarchy versus the spiritual hierarchies. And um, what I would say is, I don't necessarily believe in spiritual hierarchy. I don't, I don't value any spiritual idea higher than another necessarily. It's kind of like what works for you to make Mm -hmm. you the most peaceful, non-coercive person possible in a context of like, forcing people into certain ways of life, you know, like right. you, you have the power to offend. That's kind of a form of coercion. You have the power to create art. That's kind of a well, form of coercion. I mean, I, I guess that depends on if you, if you consider influence coercion, um, because you can influence someone without necessarily yeah. coercing them. Uh, you can challenge someone and they can independently choose to change their mind or not without you necessarily forcing them to um to me coercion would be you know not giving them the option where if anything um maybe offending somebody uh actually grants them more freedom because they may be given a new perspective they hadn't considered um right. so then maybe they have you know more choice than they initially had because they have more perspective that's good we might have to try to come back to that for another episode <laughs> um so let me jump into that apology of yeah. Um, this kind of uh, power to offend, right to offend. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think about, you remember the cake baker fiasco? <laughs> right, right. Yes. Uh, the, the church or the, the Christian, um, the Christian not wanting baker. to yeah. bake a cake for a gay couple for their wedding. Yeah, and it what I can't remember the details. I wish I could. Um I I might have a different position on that than you think. I don't know. You you're you're are you pro cake baker? I think <laughs> team cake <that>, baker. <laughs> so I think it should be fair. Um I think that the cake baker shouldn't have the right to discriminate against, you know, someone for being gay if they want to buy a cake. Mm-hmm. However, you know, they, so they can't say, well, you're gay. You're not getting one of my cakes. Um, <laughs> if they're selling to the public, they should sell the product to the public. And, and you should not be allowed to say, well, you're black. You can't buy a cake. You're gay. You can't buy a cake. You're whatever. You know, you're a Satanist. You can't buy a cake. You should, you know, you're Christian. You can't buy a cake. I don't like you. Um, you, sh- you should, if you're going to sell to the public, you have to sell to the public. Um, you can't discriminate. That Otherwise, how do people buy groceries when their whole town hates, you know, uh, Muslims and they're a Muslim. Uh, so that's, that's not fair. Um, however, um, I also don't think that 
the gay couple should necessarily have the right to dictate that person's artistic expression. So, you know, if, if the cake maker is making, you know, specific things, um, for request, that is an expression of their own art. And, you know, the, if, if it, if that expression of their art violates their personal values, I don't think that other people have the right to force them to do that. Now, I think you, you're reasonably, have the right to demand that you get fair treatment, that you, you're able to get a cake, but I don't think that you can dictate, you know, the artistic expression that that person places on that cake. So maybe you just get a generic cake and you just put, you know, two brides on it instead of a bride and a, and a, uh, why, why am I going blank? Um, a husband, right? (laughs) a groom, bride and a groom. Um, so to me, that's where you draw the line for what's fair. You know, you can't tell them they can't have a cake because they're gay, but you also, you know, the, the couple can't say, well, we need you to make a pro-gay cake. Well, I don't happen to agree with that, so maybe I don't want to make that cake, and you can find that elsewhere, or you can do it yourself. To me, that's fine. I I, I, I would see them, you know, being able to, because I wouldn't want somebody, you know, if I if I did, um, if I recorded music or something, and I I... You know, if I were a singer, I wouldn't necessarily, if I, you know, if I wrote music for people or maybe if I did voiceovers or something, if I had some sort of artistic um, yeah, thing that I did, I, I wouldn't want a Christian to come to me and say, well, I need you to make this Christian art because that goes against my values and vice versa. I wouldn't expect a Christian to make, you know, a uh, an atheist or now I can say Satanist uh, piece of art because that violates their <laughs> values. Um, uh, if I'm if I'm asking something, you know, that's that's a violation of their values. To me, that's that's not fair for them to have to express a value they don't have. But if you're just selling me a cake, you're not expressing a value in that. You're just giving me a cake, and I I have just as much a right to that cake as anybody else does. So you know, you you shouldn't be able to just tell me no. Um, okay. Otherwise, where does that stop? Because then, right, you know, like I right. said, you can't okay. buy groceries, you can't buy gas. Okay, I've got a question. Yeah. Can I force them to make an erotic cake? No. <laughs> you know, that's, like... Uh, it's the same thing. It, that's That's another artistic expression, and if they don't agree with that artistic expression, they shouldn't be forced to participate in it. Right. I don't like, I can imagine, I want to see like a Christian cake lady and be like, <laughs> can you make my son a Pokemon cake? And they're like, no, them Pokemon demons are evil and I won't put them on my cakes. If it's something they're already selling, they shouldn't be able to discriminate who's allowed to buy that. Right. But the person purchasing it shouldn't have the right to dictate what they're producing. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so here's, here's the way I think we respond to that. I totally, I totally love that too. Um, I, I'm with you on pretty much your stance on the cake baker thing. It doesn't make them, you know, they, you you know, you can't force them, but you can call them an asshole. You know, you can publicly ridicule (laughs) them. And that's the point. Like, I'm sorry, people can't have, like, you cannot have it both ways. If you are going to be a niche, if you're going to niche Christian cakes, then guess what? We're going to make you look bad amongst all the uh, non-Christians. If we live in this capitalist society, I'm sorry, 
atheists have the right to troll the hell out of Christian companies. Like, I don't see how that's limited to just capitalism, though. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just any free society. Yeah, um, and that that doesn't exclude socialists. <laughs> I mean, that's that's compatible with multiple different economic systems. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just any free society. Uh, you could have an, of course, you know, any an anarchical society would be very free. There'd be no restrictions on you know, on that. Um, the only the opposite of that would be as if you had a fascist society where there's, mm. you know, strict rules and strict dictates uh, that you have to follow. You know, authority. Um, that would be the opposite where you where you lose those freedoms. But in our society, yeah. you know, we're we're regardless of how our economy is based, um, our culture is that of liberalism and freedom and liberty and, you know, the, uh, the freedom to not be oppressed, you know, and, and not have our, uh, our right to offend and our right to express infringed upon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but, uh, I think we can change that law on the erotic, cake thing because if society as a whole culturally says no erotic cakes should be publicly you know, well say it's not an erotic cake just say it's like a cake of like a renaissance painting of a new or or the sculpture of david Okay. You know, like um, <laughs> instead of the the wang, you can put the birthday candle. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, now now we're getting into some cultural assumptions. Yeah, of, of like whether sexuality is harmful or whether nudity yeah, is necessarily yeah, yeah. sexual. Yeah, but if the if the culture as a whole, like, say you live in a small town and it's the only cake baker, and you're uh, you're a hedonist. Um, uh, yeah, you I don't still know. don't have the right to dictate what they do with, with yeah. their art. Uh, oh, that's, I mean, it's like I said, you. I guess I'm, it just comes down to like the, the society. If the society at large leans toward compassion and empathy, like everybody is going to treat Greg the cake baker like an asshole. Until like he changes his mind about being anti-gay, well, I mean, you can <laughs> like, criticize and uh, you can criticize and offend him compassionately. Um, you can do it with the intention of challenging him, and you know, uh, not necessarily with the intention of just making him look bad. If you're if you're trying to make him look bad, maybe if you have a purpose behind that is, and and that would be to get him to realize that what he's doing is not compassionate and so you're trying to make things more fair you're trying to get him to 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 see reason um, for instance we can like we can take greg's anti-gay cake shop and we can put ads in it and gay magazines and publications <laughs> and get them afloat at a gay parade where they do a big ad for i mean that's a very troll that's a very troll approach to, uh, and I'm not opposed to that. Um, I mean, why not? If someone's going to be a jerk and right yeah, to and offend, troll. right to right. offend. And I'm all for that. Like, I think that was, that's what to me was so punk rock about, um, punk rock, you know, and, and really Jesus, like 
I saw when I read the Gospels as a as a thirteen year old. I saw Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was this like super offensive person to particularly the religious crowd. See, surrounding him, Satanism is even accommodating towards Jesus. It it allows him (laughs) to challenge. Jesus can be a Satanist. He could, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's that good. It's that good of a religion. Um, I'm. I mean, we've gotten through four. Do you want to try to hit five? Oh man, are you are you not done with four yet? Oh, there was so much stuff in four. That was such a a hard hitter. I think we. Do you should... want me to read it one more time? Let's read them all one more time, and then we'll 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 uh, work our way out. Okay, one. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend— to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. It's basically they're saying if you take away other people's right to offend, you basically forego your own right to offend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't, di- man, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. Exactly. You know, like. If you're going you're gonna to be a troll, prepare to be trolled. Yes. Game on. Yeah, man, that's, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty fair. And I think that's what Jesus did. Like they yeah. came at Jesus, the Pharisees and, and all these people came at Jesus like a dick, or at least that's the way the story's portrayed, right? Who knows right. if any of that's true. Uh, I'm sure it says something very different in Jewish texts. Um, I don't know. You know, the Jewish thought upon that is probably very nuanced in its own ways. Okay. And that's the thing. That's the, that's this like anti-Semitic views in Christianity that are kind of placed into the Bible. Um, I I have a hard time with that. Like we need to let go of the like anti-Semitism of the new Testament. Like they weren't anti-Semites. They were right. Semites, um, so but, and I mean, you can you can you can not discriminate based on you know somebody being Jewish and simultaneously maybe not agree with all the politics of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't mutually <clears throat> exclusive. You you can you can you know exactly. be opposed to certain aspects of of you know what's going on in the Middle East uh, politically while. Also, you know, not hating people for being Jewish. Um, those are those are two separate conversations. Yeah, and by God, we need to treat them like that. Like, right? Um, and that's the weird thing. Like, you know, like uh, Donald Trump is the most he he. I, I have so many like people around me that are very. Um, very much in Ooh. love with Jewish culture, you and they, I know some Jews that are pro-Trump, kind of, and it's because he's so Zionist. 
And that's the weird thing about the Zionism interlaced into these weird um, national socialist neo-Nazi groups. It's so weird to me how the neo-Nazis and the Zionists can align. How does that work? It's like we're looking at we're looking at um, two rival gangs coming together and right. building this evil alliance. <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's really weird. Kind of, kind of going along with you know, we shouldn't hate fe- people for being Jewish. Also, you shouldn't just always support people for being <laughs> Jewish. Um, that does, you know, you can't yes. just always defend the politics of, you know, uh, Israel because they're Jewish and you got to support the Jews because the Bible, um, you know, that, that's not how that works. You, uh, so I, there are, can be two unreasonable extremes mm. there, you know, just being anti-Semitic, uh, as well as just being, you know, pro-Israel no matter what, even if they do things wrong. Um, yeah. Those are not nuanced positions whatsoever. Uh, they're very simplistic and they're uh, they're not well thought out. Um, anybody with any understanding of of the politics of of the Middle East, yeah. you know, if you have any perspective at all, you're you're going to pretty quickly fall back from those really extreme positions. Yeah, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful one because that final thing is like um th- I talk about this I think and talk about this idea of like scapegoating and tokenizing. Right. And these two things are um extremely I they, somehow they're intertwined. I don't know how they work. They're 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 almost like the same thing with a different mm-hmm. approach. I don't know exactly how to frame that, but with to- with scapegoating, I am um, making manipulative, deceptive um, statements uh, statements about um, Greg the anti-gay cake baker. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, I'm making, I'm just throwing, well... I'm just offended that Greg's a Christian cake, uh, anti-gay cake baker. So I'm just going to attack the piss out of him. I'm going to burn down his bakery. See, now, if you're (laughs) truly a Satanist, if you're truly a Satanist, you're going to strive to act with compassion and empathy. Yes. Um, (laughs) but, uh, uh, but that's the thing. Like this, this, this law is so well balanced. The first statement and the second statement kind of cancel each other out and so well they 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 don't allow for um abuse basically they they control for that yeah it's there's somebody's somebody's gonna eventually say hey this is getting out of hand right you know that's that's where it's like we're gonna you're not following all of the tenants yeah and i could see how that could you know there could be two rival groups and uh the um that could start protests against one another that eventually lead to violence, I'm sure. But that's when the that's when people step in. You know, that's right. when the government says, "Hey, no." Like there, there's got to be a line drawn somewhere, and I think that the other laws is we- where you that line is developed. All of this that's is a why- very well built 
system as so right. far. I, I right. commend it deeply. And I think you, we've both seen so many neat, interesting things. You might want to, I don't know. I, you've said some amazing things and you might want to send it to, um, anybody in the organization. Cause, uh, oh, for, trust me, you they, know, <laughs> for a Christian um, mystic, the, I, I, I'm probably sounding very pro, uh, Satanist. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I've met some really intelligent, well-spoken, thoughtful, um, Satanists that, um, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's kind of a, a troll religion. Um, yeah. And, it, it's just very. Uh, it's kind of um, mimetic. It's very, con- very contra- uh, contrarian. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I love that. It's an intentionally antagonistic, which kind of to me just makes it funny uh, because all of the points are right and they're said so smugly and just you know so offensively that you can't really reasonably argue against them. And if you are arguing against them, you're arguing against really good ideas. Uh, so. You know they're they're being a jerk about it, and if you oppose them, you're the asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just, it, to me, it's just funny. It's um, very well said. Um, and this is why I've always I've always loved the power of comedy. You know, the new Borat movie just came out. I haven't seen I it. I haven't seen it. But I, I'm not into that particular kind of humor. It's like overly obscene. Um, I, I don't just, I don't correlate with that kind of humor, but I have so much respect for, um, what he's doing. You know, I, I actually have as, you know, growing up, um, very fundamentalist, uh, conservative, um, I, I was very, uh, sexually repressive and had a lot of very sex negative attitudes. Um, having kind of come out the other side of that on the with with an op uh kind of an opposite position of being very sex positive um i i've kind of gained this whole new appreciation for uh really vulgar humor <laughs> right <laughs> it, it's just not offensive to me anymore i i uh especially when people aren't aren't being hurt and, you know if everybody can just make jokes about something that everybody takes so seriously and they they hype up so much if you can just kind of get over yourself and laugh about it um I, I i think it's hilarious i i i actually really appreciate it now right yeah and you know that's i'm not i'm not a total prude you know uh i yeah, I, I love duncan trussell um He's one of my favorite comedians right now. I didn't know who he was really until like this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still once, don't know who he is. I once I heard his voice, I remembered him from a bunch of other stuff that I'd heard years ago. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'd seen some of his comedy uh, way back, but it was, you know, um, I just didn't realize it was him. And then I started following him and he, he does, he's, he's a pretty obscene guy. Um, but it's, it's kind of that thing. It's like, why do we even think this is obscene? Right. You well, know? cause sex is impure. That's why. It's not. It's <laughs> what keeps us existing, it's, man. <laughs> right. It's just part of our existence. And yeah. I, I, I think the whole, 
Wow. Well, if I go into that, we'll we'll go on this whole other <laughs> right. bunny trail of well. I think this uh, is a great purity. place, a great place to wrap it up. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I think this has probably been one so, of our best. Uh, uh, it's a good conversation. It was a fun conversation. Satanism part one and uh, part, part two. One. We'll be talking about the uh, five, six, and seven. The the last three tenants. Uh, and just kind of glancing over them, they look pretty good. Um, I think that'll be a, a really fun follow up. Right? Yeah. I'm. I'm. Lo- like I said, I'm loving this episode, and I think we've got you know two other episodes planned out of this with the Ten Commandments, probably. And what, oh, what would man. be really dirty? What would be really dirty is if we just cut off the podcast, but we uh, we continued on into the Patreon for the last three oh. to make people have to subscribe. But we don't have to do that. We can we can let everybody hear it. Right, right, right. We'll, well, I'm, here's what we'll do for the Patreon. We'll do the Ten Commandments, and then we'll do, Ooh, maybe do, then we'll do, we'll do, not for the Patreon, we'll do the Ten Commandments on the regular show, but mm-hmm. for the Patreon, I want to do. Um, maybe we'll get into a little bit more of the religious views um, and extremes, and uh, I'll do a lightning round where I'll do maybe five or ten minutes on Tulip, which is the Calvinist um, uh, belief structure. They're they're their theologies wrapped up and codified. Um, I'll do Tulip. It's it's the Ref- the Reformation Protestant, um, you know, uh, philosophy pretty much. And and so, uh, we'll, we'll I would love I would love we'll- to tear that apart. I I was brainwashed in a um, a church that was non denominational, but it was a. a it, that non-denominational was a mask that was just on top of a Southern Baptist, pretty much. And the I, I was brainwashed. I was in a I, I consider it a cult. There were some really terrible things that happened um, involved with that place, and uh, I I was I'm terribly ashamed of ever being a part of it. Um, you know, the thing is, though, that having been a part of it, you have a perspective that people on the outside don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about my upbringing and, um, you know, my background in fundamentalist, very conservative Christianity is that I can understand that world better than somebody who's never experienced it. So I actually can. Right empathize better with, you know, people who are still in that world and maybe even communicate a little bit better, potentially. I don't know. Um, but I at least have an idea where you're coming from when you're coming from that perspective because mm-hmm. I've been there. Uh, so I actually appreciate that because without that perspective, I would just think that people are crazy, but I believed it myself. And I'm not crazy. I was just, I, I had some ideas that I was influenced by and um, mm. it took a lot of work to kind of, you know, uh, decipher those and and break them down and and figure them out. Um, that's not an easy process. So I, I totally sympathize with people who, you know, have very radically different opinions than I do. Trust me, I, I didn't just decide to change my mind. I, I changed my mind as a result of a lot of hard work and challenging myself and, uh, you know, constantly criticizing, 
you know, what could be wrong with this idea. And, uh, eventually you start changing your mind on things when you do that enough. Yeah, no, yeah, that's great. And, uh, I, I totally, um, I've been, I'm totally with you on that. I, the past two years have been the craziest, most transformational years of my life. And, that's awesome. uh, uh, it's, do you feel like you've grown or do you feel like you've lost something? Oh, I've, I lost, I lost everything. And then I call, I've called it falling upward. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, okay. I jumped into the abyss and the abyss actually, I descended into heaven. That's Let what me put I it would to you this call way. it. Do you regret it? Total, not, uh, not at all. This is, this has been a, a terribly um, wonderful, uh, you know, loss and regain of a of a, of a faith in something completely different. You know, um, so but, far, but not ha- at the same time. Having talked to a lot of people who have um, kind of gone through a process of of you know reevaluating. Uh, what they believe in, uh, kind of redefining themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So far, I've not met anybody who regrets it. Everybody who has gone through the work of challenging themselves and changing their opinions, um, and you know, maybe going from one position to another, um, they feel. I, I have people that tell me pretty regularly. You know, when I talk to these people. A lot of them are um, just because of our culture. You know, we're a largely Christian culture, so a lot of those people tend to be former Christians who are either no longer religious, or they're agnostic, or they're atheist, or um, in some cases satanic. Um, a lot of those people don't regret it. They feel happier than they were. Yeah. They feel they've gained something and they've grown. Um, the the and, group of the the non-religious, you know, the nuns. And even people who went from one type of Christianity to another type. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen, you know, people I know very personally go from very, very conservative to more liberal Christians. And, um, you know, the process that got them, you know, from one position to another was a lot of hard work and education um, and, you know, a lot of critical thought and, I, I've yet to talk to somebody who has changed their mind on anything, uh, especially in regards to, you know, their religious views and regretted it. So I would say for anybody who's afraid of challenging themselves or, you know, they don't want to listen to things that uh, are controversial or, or contradict your beliefs, um, I, I, I would highly encourage you to talk to anybody who has kind of gone through that process um, because it's not something to be afraid of. I think it's something that actually uh, people are a lot happier on the other side of. You totally, man. Um, I think, I think that's a great place to just leave it right there. I have two little yeah. thoughts and I think, sure, go ahead. And I'll I'm let you done, but get the last words. Um, my new, my new theology, my new doctrine, the the thing I believe now um, about uh, my spirituality is comedians are prophets. Comedians are the ones that speak, <laughs> um, you know, uh, creation and and 
and transcendence and challenge and offense. That's the thing. They ch- yeah. the, the prophets always challenge people to repentance, changing their mind. You know, mm-hmm. the, that's what repentance means is uh, they would they would call out the bullshitters and say, you need to think about that shit more. Like you need you're to get doing, a certain of, you yeah. get so much more leeway in comedy to do that. I, I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, me too. And that's, um, I see a lot of the things I've seen a lot of comedians saying. Joe Ray, Rogan, Trussell, Dave Chappelle. They're saying, yeah, we this this last little law, um, the tenant of the the Satanic Temple is, you know. PC culture is not allowed to exist in this place. Um, like you don't have the right to just make people get it, like force people to get offended. Um, you know, and, and it's just well, I, lo- I love comedy. I've gained so much respect for it in the last two years. Like, Dave Chappelle, I watched his special on YouTube after you know after the this stuff with George Floyd, and it was he wasn't he wasn't uh, doing a comedy set. He was preaching. Yeah. He was he was telling a story that that was a spiritual coincidental epiphany story a- that you know, just will hit you straight in the heart. And uh, you, whether you're a religious person or, or a non-spiritual person, that story's powerful. Um, yeah. And so comedians are prophets, and uh, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> so <laughs> that's I, it. I liked what you said, though. I mean, um, and the ones that I think that do it really well – uh, do it tastefully. You know, they're punching mm-hmm. up. They're not punching down to to you know people who are already at a disadvantaged position. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that really good comedians uh, they criticize people who need to kind of be brought back down to everybody else's level. And it's when it's done tastefully, um, it can be hilarious and um, kind of like you said, it can be kind of even for somebody who doesn't believe in the supernatural, some sort of spiritual experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's moving and it's, uh, empowering. So, uh, I very much agree with that. Yeah, man, that's totally spot on. Uh, you, you nailed it with that punching upward thing. Are you a big, are you a fan of Dave Chappelle? I haven't listened to a whole lot of his stuff. I have yeah. listened to some and what I've heard of him, he is hilarious. Um, I just, I, uh, I haven't gone out of my way to, you know, really start listening to a lot of Chappelle. Yeah. Um, you so need I'm to not check that out, familiar with him, to be honest. Check out some of his new specials. Um, he's, he's so on point because most of his jokes are set up like, I offended this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a dumb shit. <laughs> you know, well, like I, mean, I, I I've he, gone to a comedy would... show one time. Um, I'm trying to think of who he was. I think he might have been. I can't think. He's a he's a well known comedian's brother, who's also really good. Um, I had never been to a comedy show. It might have been like Chris Rock's brother or somebody like that. Um, 
and pretty much most of the night he was making fun of the crowd. I mean, he was mm-hmm. picking on us. Our table got picked on and I have literally never laughed that hard in my life. I mean, I I had tears coming out of my eyes. I was I mean, my my lungs hurt, my face hurt. Um I couldn't stop. I mean, that was one of the best experiences. Um and it it is really therapeutic. Uh Yeah. And it was at, you know, uh, at the expense of the people he was making fun of and they they loved it. Uh we all loved it. it mm-hmm. It's uh it's a a really unique uh format for you know, being very critical and criticizing things and ridiculing things where it's just so funny. Yeah, it's great. Your, your walls go down. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was wonderful. You know, when I I was bullied a lot when I was younger and I Mm -hmm. always used as a kid, I would use comedy to uh, kind of turn those bullies into my friends. I would always, they would, (laughs) somebody would make fun of me and then I would one up their joke, but it would be about me. Yeah, self-deprecating humor yeah, has a, a and, really disarming power to it. Yeah, and I it made those people my friends a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, yep. and uh, you know, I've I've said it a couple of times to a few people that I know are a little bit more conservative, hard right leaning. You know, I've gone full libtard snowflake. <laughs> Um, and you can, you can call me that again if you want, but I, I, I'll, I'll be that if you want me to be that, that's okay. By the next episode, (laughs) uh, maybe you'll be a full on uh, Satanist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Great stuff, man. Hey, you have a great night and, uh, I'm excited for the next episode and we'll, uh, me too. Well, maybe we should also maybe um, on the Ten Commandments thing, we'll kind of go into uh, um, some some political stuff too. Uh, sure. In the midst of that, because I don't want to bore the the non-religious crowd too much. Um, right. But <laughs> but so All we'll right. we'll do that because I mean the the political views are so far from what a lot of the 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 spiritual or religious views are supposed to be you know like yeah. Donald um, Trump doesn't to... look like Christianity <laughs> you know like he uh, he doesn't look like Jesus I'm pretty excited to talk about political theory um that's that's something that I've not always been as knowledgeable about and I'm kind of starting to delve into and I I find that really fascinating so that I think that'll be good um but we we probably should wrap it up so we can get on to the next episode right on all right bud. all right yeah Take for care, uh f- yeah see you see you elias and for everybody out there um we don't have an extended version of this episode today however if you would like to support the show uh we definitely appreciate it it's how we uh because the show is not free it costs us money to do um so if you want to support us uh by all means, uh, you can go to our website, analyzedpodcast.com, click on the Patreon, and uh, become a subscriber. You will get access to uh, the extended shows and any extra content. Um, we'll probably do some polls and pre-show uh, surveys, asking questions, and you can uh, give us your input. Um, if you would like to be a guest, go to our website and uh, click on the uh, Become a Guest. Fill out the form. We'll all get emails, and we will be in contact with you, and we'll discuss whatever you want to discuss. Um, otherwise, 
please enjoy your week and uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, and maybe we can, uh, I'll, how about this? We'll do like a Q&A, a little Q&A episode for the Patreon sure. for this episode. So we can, we'll put out this topic on the, the, um, the, the uh, Facebook page. And they can uh, they can ask us some questions on there, and we can uh, Q and A those. So after you like listen it. to this, hit us up on Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll do a Q and A. Uh, or I, I won't say questions answers; it'll probably be question responses or question question because uh, I'm I don't have answers on this stuff. Uh, I think, but I think it's great and uh, fun to talk about. So we'll do a Q and A episode for the the Patreon, and and that way we're not boning you too hard on your on your uh, your your patronage. Um, so word. All right, man. Have a good night. Have a good night, everybody. See ya. See you, Ben. <laughs>